Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. Show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Halt and Catch Fire. Today we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 10, titled... Heaven is a place. The season finale. And, oh boy, uh, this is a really, really good season finale. Like, not only is it just a great episode of Halt and Catch Fire, just like on its own merits, but it also provides... Such a massive turning point for this show on a fundamental level. And we might as well start by talking about the focal point of that shift. Mutiny's moving to California. Mutiny's making a shift from deep in the heart of Texas to over in Silicon Valley, where I can't talk, uh, where into Silicon Valley, where all the action is. Uh, so this episode starts, and Mutiny's doing well. You know, they're starting to rebound after that whole West Group debacle. They're doing fine. But Cameron's frustrated because their latest scumbag network overlords are hiking the prices on them because they're doing so well. Basically stunting their growth. And Cameron just, like, starts ranting and raving about how, This sucks! We need our own network! We need our own network! We need our own network! We need to to have, like, full independence! We need to not be beholden to these corporate overlords! And to that end, Cameron manages to find a mainframe in California. Now, Donna initially is skeptical about this. Like, I mean, we we have to, not only do we have to get it up and running, but we also, like, we'd have to put it on a truck and get it over to Texas, which is just a huge pain, blah, 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 blah. A million reasons why it couldn't work. And then later in the episode, Cameron just decides, Hey, what if... What if if we can't take the mainframe to Mutiny? Let's bring Mutiny to the mainframe. And let's move our entire company out to California. Let's move everyone out to Silicon Valley and do that mainframe, do our business there, and try to expand national and all that. And Donna is just crazy enough to say this could work. So, 
all mutiny is now in the process of moving to California. We are doing a huge location shift from Texas to California, and we will spend the remainder of this show in California. Uh, We'll go back to the whole move situation later, but what I really want to talk about uh, is Gordon and Donna. They're not doing great. They're not doing amazing. There is a bunch of stuff sort of bubbling up under the surface of their marriage. Uh, Gordon not really taking his recovery as seriously as he should. Gordon having not told Donna about uh, any of his brain damage stuff for like two months. Uh, Gordon taking Joe's side on the whole Sonaris debacle. Not realizing that Sonaris was both Cameron and Donna's idea. And then... Donna finds out that he had a shouting match with his brother in California... And had to stay at a shitty motel. And when she confronts him about it, a massive argument starts. Which results in Gordon's confession that he had an affair. And this is very much the straw that broke the camel's back on Gordon and Donna's marriage. Uh, it's kind of falling apart now, for reals. And Gordon and Donna are saying, look, maybe this isn't working. Like, we're doing something wrong. Like, something, something really isn't right here, and we need to address it. And maybe the marriage is over, maybe it's not, but either way, we need to figure something out. And then you have the heartbreaking realization that this entire argument was witnessed by one of their children. Uh, by Joni. And Donna discovers her listening in, runs after her to comfort her, and Joni literally slams the door in her face. Ugh. Oh, my heart hurts. (laughs) My heart hurts from watching that whole argument. Because it's just like, they were just starting to be happy. They were just starting to have everything work out. They were starting to hit their stride. They were starting to sort of work things out and be the power couple we all know them to be. And then all this shit that they've both been holding on to just starts spewing out all at once. And it just, like, their marriage is just, like, crumbling under the weight of all these, like, secrets on secrets on secrets on secrets on secrets. Frustrations on frustrations on frustrations on frustrations on frustrations. So both Donna and Gordon are kind of sulking around thinking, I don't know, I don't know if this marriage is going to work. I don't know what I can do. And then, 
Joni goes missing. Gordon rushes into mutiny in a panic, saying, telling Donna, like, is Joni here? Is Joni here? Oh, crap, I thought she was with you. I can't find her. She's not at the house. She's not at your parents' house. I can't find her anywhere. She's gone. Now, this, of course, launches both of them into a parental frenzy because, of course it does. That's what happens when you lose a child. You go into a parental panic. And they're looking everywhere. They're looking everywhere. They're looking everywhere. Uh, They finally find her hiding out in her little playhouse in the backyard. Uh... (laughs) By the way, she had said that she was running away, and her definition of running away apparently is hiding in her playhouse, because she's a child. So, she's in there, and Gordon and Donna have a chat with her, like, hey, look, we have things we need to work out. Not everything's great right now, we're not going to lie to you, but it's never because of you. We never fight because of you. None of our problems are because of you. Now, why don't you leave mommy and daddy to talk? Uh, Go inside and uh, debate with your sister on what kind of pizza to get. And so, like, she's all, like, happy now. Like, yay, it's not my fault. And uh, going into the house. And Donna and Gordon have a serious conversation about how what they're doing is not working. And they need to make a radical change. So, Donna lays out some terms. For continuing to try and make this marriage work. One. You're gonna write a check. For basically everything we have. To buy this mainframe for mutiny. Two. We're gonna move to California. Because if we stay in Texas... This is not going to last. And finally, three, Cameron's going to offer you a job to work on the mutiny mainframe. You're going to take it. Because the biggest offender of this marriage is the on and off of one of us having a project, one of us not. One of us having a project, one of us not. And never interacting professionally. So now, Gordon's going to be working on Mutiny. He's going to be getting that whole thing up and running. They're going to be moving to California, and all of his Cardiff money is basically gone. Womp womp. Man, uh, that's going to be awkward come tax season. I'm just going to say that. Uh... Because I'm sure that Cardiff money got taxed like shit. And if tax season hadn't come around already, like, 
if all this, if this entire season takes, pl- takes place before tax season, uh, he's screwed. He is absolutely screwed. He's going to have to pay all the money and be incredibly, incredibly broke. Because this show is so great, I'm going to suspend my disbelief and assume tax season has already come and gone. But I honestly don't know. <laughs> Point is, the only they're going to do a bit of a Hail Mary to save their marriage by participating in this move for, for mutiny to California and Gordon coming to work there with Donna and really like doubling down on the work of mutiny. Uh, Meanwhile, Joe kind of still going in a bit of a downward spiral. Uh, His name is pretty much synonymous with Garbo in the tech circles because Everyone thinks he's the one who took down West Group's mainframe. He tries to take a meeting to get more of this, like, phone line, online stuff going forward independently. He actually takes a meeting with the same VC that turned down Mutiny earlier. And talked about biological imperatives and all that, being a sexist pig. And those guys basically laugh in his face and say, Look, we just took this meeting out of morbid curiosity. (laughs) I, I never met a real psychopath before. What an asshole. What a goddamn asshole. I hate that man. So much. Uh, Joe basically spends some time wandering around. He talks to Gordon a couple times. Uh, at one point, Gordon gives him uh, a antivirus that he whipped up. An antidote to Sonaris. He gives it to Joe and says, Hey, look. Your... Your marriage tanked. West Group went up in flames, but you can fix it with this. You can stop the bleeding with this. You can try to get Sarah back. You can try to get all good with your father-in-law. Do that. Because Gordon, for some reason, believes in Joe. And genuinely believes Joe has changed. And genuinely believes Joe has become a better person. Genuinely believes in Joe's love for Sarah. This ended up being massively misplaced because he then takes it right to the VC. And presents his, his, quote-unquote, antivirus software... By infecting their computers with Sonaris and then injecting the antivirus in that same computer. And apparently he kills it because he makes it work. He gets uh, he gets his deal. He gets his funding. And he calls Gordon and is like, hey, work on this with me. And Gordon's like, uh, no, I'm working with Mutiny now. And Joe hangs up. 
So Joe is going fully into the antivirus game, fully into the security game. And then we cut to one month later. And we get our ending. Mutiny's preparing to fly over to California. Cameron drops by Tom's. And drops off his plane ticket and is like, hey, we're leaving tonight. Come with me. Uh, who cares if it's short notice? Uh, you don't have time to second guess yourself. Just, just do it. Just come. And then we get on the plane. And a bunch of stuff happens on this plane. Donna and Gordon seem to be doing a little bit better. Seem to be sort of patching things up. They're remarking about how happy uh, their kids look. Gordon makes the stupid comment of, hey, when we get to California, maybe we'll have another. And then Donna has this look on her face of, oh, shit. Um, I'm gonna go for a second. No reason. I definitely didn't have a secret abortion behind your back. Uh, <laughs> and then she goes into the bathroom and cries. Uh, Cameron's waiting for Tom. He never comes. Uh, it is a very sad moment of disappointment. But look who does come. Buzz! Buzz came back! He immediately realized, oh wait, my first instinct was correct, and Mutiny's pretty great, and I believe in what they're doing, and I should be with Mutiny until the end of time. And he makes this big entrance, and this, like, big Texas hat, and it's like, well, never thought I'd say this, but time to move to the left coast. <laughs> like, being all southern, granddad, stupid head. I love Boz. He's the best. Boz is awesome. And then Gordon makes the mistake of picking up a magazine. And reads that Joe is starting his own company based around antivirus software that he stole from him. Uh, you effed up. You effed up. You placed your trust in Joe McMillan. He stomped all over you yet again. And uh, we cut over to Joe scouting out locations for his company. He finds a place. And by the way, little subtle deal, little subtle imagery. But... Throughout this entire episode, even after the divorce happens, Joe's still wearing his wedding ring. At the divorce, still wearing his wedding ring. Uh, at the pitch for this antivirus, still wearing his wedding ring. Talking to Gordon, still wearing his wedding ring. Then, he is fully on the starting his own company train. Not wearing the wedding ring anymore. 
he basically stole the opportunity he needed to completely move on and forget about his now ex-wife. Yeah, you know all that shit he said about loving her and how much better she made him and uh, how everything was worth it for her? Turns out that wasn't much to him in the end when he saw uh, money bags with this antivirus thing. Turns out, Joe is still a piece of garbage. And I love him for it. And then the season ends. God, this is an incredible season. This was a really, really phenomenal season. Uh, It really elevated pretty much every single aspect of that debut season of Halt and Catch Fire. Uh, got to even more compelling character arcs, and even more compelling story. Uh, really took some unexpected turns. Uh, Joe's storyline went to 50 different places that I never saw coming. Gordon's whole brain damage thing was so poetic and beautifully handled, and I loved everything about it. Of course, all the shit with Mutiny was incredibly done, and... Uh, That is going to continue into Season 3. We are still going to get more Mutiny. So look forward to more of that. Uh, It was just an amazing, amazing season all around. This is really the season where Halt and Catch Fire stopped being a really, really good show with just a couple problems and became just a flawless masterpiece. Like, it went from an 8 out of 10, a solid 8 out of 10, to, like, fully A-plus 10 out of 10 material. This is just a masterful season, and I love literally everything about it. Uh, And I cannot wait to get into the other two seasons. We're officially halfway through this show. Yay! Uh, If you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer, feel free to call in as well. It's as simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show, patreon.com slash Clark. pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you could also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Today is Double Archive Tuesday, so later today, we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 1. Talk to you then.